Welcome to the Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones podcast with your hosts, Sam Huey and Mike Osler. If you are in pain, physical therapists are here to help. Whether success for you means lifting your grandchild, getting back to work, or simply walking up the stairs without pain, Rock Valley Physical Therapy is here to help with compassionate, expert, physical and occupational therapy, making care as fun and as easy as possible. Rock Valley has 50 clinics serving Iowa and Illinois with locations from Des Moines to Cedar Rapids to Northern Iowa through the Quad Cities, Southeast Iowa and into Peoria. Our therapists live out the Rock Valley tagline of spending every day focused on making better lives. So each episode of our podcast, we're going to spend time learning from therapists, physicians, and some of our patient friends in hopes of offering solutions to your aches and pains. So today, um, my name is Mike Osler, and I am joined by Sam Huey. Hi there, Sam. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. So today, Sam and I are going to talk about some of the basics of physical therapy. And I think with that, we ready to roll, Sam? Yeah, I think so. Um, Why don't we start off by just telling the audience a little bit about ourselves, um, Mike, how did you uh, get interested in physical therapy in the first place? You know, I, as I was growing up, I think I always enjoyed, I enjoyed science and sports, you know, and when you're about 20 years old, you think, well, I'm not going to play professional sports the rest of my life. So how can I be around active people? And I do enjoy science and I found physical therapy to be a great profession for that. So that's what got me into it. Uh, and honestly, Sam, I've been a therapist for 17 years. What has kept me in it has been, has been the people, uh, the relation, relationships both with other therapists and with the patients uh, that we have an opportunity to help and physicians that we have opportunity to collaborate with. So sports and science got me into it and uh, people kept me into it. So how about, how about you? That's cool. Yeah, I think a lot of us probably have a similar story and background. I, I first got exposed to therapy. Uh, my freshman year in high school, I broke a bone in my elbow playing baseball and spent the summer in a cast. And then after I got out of that, got to do some therapy and, you know, I thought it was pretty cool at the time, but didn't know much about it. And gradually through high school and college, I got some more exposure, did some shadowing. Um, and similar to you, I was really into sports and science. Um, at that time, I thought PT was all about sports, you know, working with athletes. And I thought that's what I wanted to do. And while I do love working with athletes, it's so much fun. The the variety of the patients that we see in a single day is in our setting that we work in is just awesome. I think we're going to touch on that a little bit later, but for me, similar sentiment, you know, the, the people we get to work with both on the patient level and in our coworkers, um, it it makes you excited to come to work every day. You know, every day is going to be a little bit different. Um, Yeah. So I, I think, easily can say that I'm happy with my career decision and I love what I do. I bet as a uh, young kid with a broken bone, one of your dreams was probably to have a podcast called Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones. So yeah, that was part of the uh, inspiring factor for the title for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) So I know one of the first things we were going to jump into is what do you, what do physical therapists do in, in general? And one of the things that I find really intriguing about our profession, Sam, is that you, you finish school 
as a, as a generalist. So physical therapy has changed in the last 20 years from a, a bachelor's degree to a doc, to a master's degree and now a doctorate degree. And so you finish school, uh, being able to treat pediatric patients or patients with neurological conditions, strokes and brain injuries. Uh, there are therapists that work in nursing homes and hospitals. And then of course there are therapists that work in kind of the, the musculoskeletal world, the muscles and the bones uh, that you and I treat uh, a fair amount of. So this one thing I appreciate about our profession is there are so many specialties you have and your life can look so different, whether you work in a hospital or a, you're working with brain injury patients or you're working with a, a runner with knee pain. So um, that's one thing I find really enjoyable about, about our profession. I think you were going to talk about some uniqueness even within your day of your, yeah. of your world. Tell, tell me more about that. Yeah. So we were talking about this a little earlier and just, you know, just looking back, kind of reflecting on my, my schedule yesterday. Um, I'll give you a brief rundown of the types of patients I saw all in one day. So I started off today with an eighth grade softball player with a tricep strain. So pain in her elbow. Um, follow that up with a 65 year old guy with uh, a racquetball player with hip arthritis. Then I saw a young woman with chronic neck pain and headaches. Followed that up with an older woman with low back pain and sciatica. So, so far all over the place with what types of things we're seeing, different ages. Um, real quickly, then the rest of my day was a 14 year old ankle sprain, a woman that just had foot surgery, a young woman that's been suffering from dizziness or vertigo for about a week now, which that's a really interesting topic we'll have to get into in another podcast. Um, a middle-aged guy with TMJ issues, so jaw pain and headaches as a result of that. And then wrapped up today with a six-year-old um, with Achilles pain and tightness. So literally saw everything from a six-year-old to an 82-year-old in the same day um, and literally head to toe. So headaches all the way down to ankle pain. So and that's not uncommon. I think a lot of people tend to specialize more in one thing or the other, but again, that's one thing I really love about our profession. You can help lots of different people in lots of different ways. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing as you shared that I thought, I think you just named, uh, from, from head to toe and, uh, across a lifespan. So right. <laughs> that was, that was impressive, Sam. It was a, it was a big Monday for me. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So that actually kind of naturally leads into our, our next question, right? Where, where do patients come from? How do they get to PT, right? And if you think of that list I just named off, right? Um, a good mix of them do come from physicians, depending on your location, of course. So, you know, we see people from pediatricians offices and dentist offices and primary care doctors and surgeons. Um, another thing that I think a lot of the the public isn't necessarily aware of is most insurances have a benefit for what's called direct access in the state of Iowa and Illinois, where we're based. Um, how many states do you know across the country have that now, Mike? I think every state has some form of it. Some states are a little more restrictive than, than others, but I think every state or 47 states now has some form of being able to see a therapist without a referral. Yeah. So when we say direct access, that means if I hurt my back shoveling snow over the weekend, on Monday I can call up my therapist and say, hey, can you get me in today? And if they're able to get you in, you can go straight there without seeing a physician. Um, 
oftentimes this serves to, to skip a step in the medical process when we know a lot of times that that extra step can become costly and oftentimes is, is unwarranted truthfully. So, so how do we handle that? You know, when we see patients off the street like that or direct access, how do we know that we're, we're not missing anything if we can't x-ray them and MRI them, Mike? Well, I, I would start by saying that this is a, maybe something unique in the United States compared to the rest of the world. As you look at what physical therapists or physiotherapists as they may be called and uh, in, in Europe, in South Africa and Australia, the, the basic healthcare model is that patients could have direct access, like can go in without a referral to a, a physical therapist. So if I have shin pain and I'm a runner, and I think some of the patients that you named, um, you know, there may be a point in time where you need to see a surgeon and surgeons have a great expertise and, and are great partners of ours. And, and maybe that's not the best place to start. <laughs> Um, but a therapist can be a person can get you in quickly work with you um, and determine, Hey, you know what, this is actually more appropriate for you to see a physician. Let's make that referral or, Hey, this can be managed with physical therapy. Let's do that. Um, and, th and this has really come about in the last two decades. So in that same time, as we mentioned, the education changes for physical therapists, the, the physical therapy program started to incorporate more training for things like differential diagnosis. I mean, it's not my job to figure out uh, if you have a medical condition, what that condition is, but it's just to be aware that you've got some red flags or some signs and symptoms that make me think this is, this is not just shin splints that are causing your shin pain. Maybe there's something else going on. So, um, and, and also to predict who needs an x-ray. So there's a lot of research on, hey, if a patient comes in with these, these three or four indications, then they need an x-ray. And it's my job as a therapist not to take the x-ray and read it, but to identify eh, this, they need to get to somebody who needs an x-ray. So I think that's helped change our profession for the better in the last couple of years. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And I think it's, it's only strengthened the medical community, at least in the, the region I work in, because, you know, we've, we've created really strong relationships with sports medicine doctors and pediatricians and surgeons, because we know that, you know, if we see that, kid that came in with shin splints and it's not quite adding up it's not quite right we've got resources we can send that person to and and oftentimes get them in quicker than they could have maybe otherwise right if we call up and say hey I've got a concern with this kid can we get them in sooner um, so so it's a really collaborative or, or it can be a really collaborative relationship between physicians PTs athletic trainers chiropractors dentists whoever yeah, I was just going to echo the same thing, Sam, and say that the word collaborative is what comes to mind for me, that it's allowed us to have conversations with physicians that are helpful to them. You know, perhaps their, their practice is, uh, is, is very busy, and if it's a family medicine doctor, they might be managing people with uh, high blood pressure and high cholesterol and diabetes, and they may say, yeah, I, I want you to help with these patients with shoulder pain um, in, in the same token. Um, it's let us be very collaborative with sports medicine physicians, orthopedic surgeons, as you've mentioned, that um, we can kind of get the right care uh, to the right patient at the right time. Uh, and that's been fun to be part of. Yeah. And, and just speaking with lots of family physicians, a lot of them will say that they, you know, that's not their area of expertise and they're not sure exactly what to do with those patients. So those, oftentimes those are ones that they'll hand off to us and just let us, let us manage the care of that patient and basically let them know if, if they're doing better or worse or what the next step is. So, yeah. 
Sam, where do you, wh- how do you view your patients in terms of their whole lifespan? You know, are you seeing patients for a very short period of time typically? And then what does that look like in an ideal world uh, after you've named some patients that you were helping them with, with back pain, for example, wh- what does that look like uh, when that patient's done in your, in your clinic? Yeah. So in our clinic, and I think a lot of our Rock Valley clinics, we don't like to use the word discharge from physical therapy, you know, on their last visit, maybe we saw them six or seven times for their back pain. Maybe it's 95% better and we're going to cut them loose. We'll call that graduation day. So it's kind of a happy moment, right? Discharge sounds kind of bleak, right? So we're going to send them off with the tools they need to continue to self-treat their back with the message of, Hey, if you get in a bind two weeks, two months, six months from now with your back or your shoulder or something else, um, you know, give me a call. We'll figure out if it's appropriate for therapy or a physician or what we need to do. Um, and by doing that, we, we create kind of a patient for life. So I would say the majority of the patients on my schedule right now are people that I've seen in the past for something. Hopefully we don't continue to see them for the same thing. If we've, if we've been able to help them and, and teach them the tools to self treat, but you know, we want the first thing when they have low back pain to be, to, to think about PT. And, uh, Hey, I met Mike two years ago. He helped me with my shoulder. I wonder if he can help me with my back. So that's, that's kind of the model that we go for at Rock Valley. Yeah. I think I usually end my, uh, my graduation visits, as you mentioned, Sam, by telling patients that, uh, you know, I can't wait to see him again. And I sure hope it's, uh, out, you know, at one of our kids' school events or uh, at a restaurant or at a park somewhere and not back in the clinic. Um, but yes, I think it, it does make you feel good when they do come back and say, hey, you know, you help me with my shoulder. Can you help me with my foot? Uh, can you help me with my back? Or, hey, my, my spouse or one of my kids has something going on. Uh, can, you, can you guys help us? So that, that's a really rewarding part of, of our profession. And, and you have a fan club, right, Mike? Absolutely. You're in the VIP club. Once you've been in it, you're, you're in red carpet for you for life. There's no questions asked. Nice. <laughs> Don't be jealous, Sam. Uh, I am. All right, Mike, last topic here. Um, what do you see as in, in got COVID? We've got lots of things going on in the world. What's on a bigger scale, what's PT's role in healthcare at this time, do you think? And, and going forward? Yeah, I, I think it's, it, it's building on some of the things that we mentioned earlier that um, physical therapists are a really lower cost, high quality option for somebody with musculoskeletal pain, uh, the bone joint muscle pain and, and various other conditions that if you're considering, do I need an MRI? or do I need to see a therapist? There are absolutely cases where you need an MRI. Uh, and again, physicians are gonna help you make that uh, decision and we may collaborate with them. Um, but if, if you don't need those things, then therapists give you a great chance to get better uh, and potentially save money for yourselves and the entire uh, healthcare system. So I think we're, we're kind of moving slowly toward that model that I mentioned maybe in Europe or Australia or South Africa. Uh, we're slowly getting there in the United States. Yeah, I, I would, I would second that. Sorry to interrupt you here, but I, I think the the cost is a big thing, right? I mean, I think in the in the United States we've seen over medicalization, whether it be opioids, right, or um, 
jumping to an MRI quickly, which is a $1,500 to $2,000 test potentially, which oftentimes doesn't change the course of treatment for that patient, right? So patient gets a, has a low back pain, they get an MRI, and they get sent to therapy anyway, right? And over those next four to six weeks, they get better, hopefully, right? And so I think a lot of insurance companies and physicians are realizing that's an, oftentimes that's an unnecessary step to spend the money on that MRI when they can go right to therapy. Therapists are trained to recognize, you know, something's not right here. Let's send them back. Let's get that MRI. But a high percentage of the time, people start to make progress over the course of two to four to six weeks. And that MRI became, would become an unnecessary expense, essentially. Yeah, Sam, I was part of a, a pilot program at one point in time where we saw back pain patients before they had any imaging or medications. There were only a few specific situations where they could have imaging or medications. They were required to go to PT first. And of course, this, is, this was hard for a lot of people, providers and patients, because it's a different model. And what we found was the majority of patients got at least 50% better in the first month. And it helped us identify, I think, as you mentioned, you know, who needs more care? If you're not getting better in those first uh, maybe four weeks or a few weeks or so, then let's look at that further. And again, I think that's where collaborating with other providers comes into play. So I think you made, you made a great point there. Well, thanks, Mike. Well, once in a while, you got a great point. That's, that's only one. We're kind of getting in, you know, towards the end of the podcast and you added one good point so far. Right. That's not bad. <laughs> 15 minutes in and I, I've got one positive point for me. I'll take yep. it. Yep. Who's counting? Yeah. Right. Apparently you are. Um, so we had a, a nice conversation about kind of what do PTs do on a daily basis? How do patients get to therapy? And then bigger picture, what is, what is the role of PT in, in healthcare? Um, I think hopefully after listening to the last 15 minutes of this conversation, the audience recognizes that we are able to treat, diagnose, and refer on, if appropriate, for, for lots of different things. Um, we can manage a lot of different symptoms and people's functional limitations, whether it's balance or strength issues or pain. Um, and what would you say, Mike, are some of the barriers maybe to patients getting the help they need in therapy or, or, or finding solutions to what their problems are? I will say as a physical therapist, uh, of, of course, I would be somewhat biased in this, but I think our profession has done a nice job in the last 20 years to get better so we can provide better care to the patients that we interact with. Uh, the things that are barriers oftentimes are things beyond our control. Um, you know, everyone's been through a crazy 2020 of living in, in COVID or in economic changes and, and really uh, much to our uh, maybe satisfaction and we're grateful for this, we've been even a little bit COVID resilient as an organization because we've put parameters in place where our clinics are safe and patients are continuing to come in. So there was a big external uh, challenge that sent us very worried in the springtime and now we've, we've bounced back from that with, with precautions in place. Um, but another external kind of barrier right now would be um, you know, what things we can't control. So Medicare would be one of those. So right now, as we look at how therapists get reimbursed by insurance companies, a lot of those companies follow what Medicare does. 
Um, and we have very little influence over that. It's a federal government uh, decision. So right now we're, uh, Medicare doesn't want to increase their budget every year and they've decided to pay some healthcare providers more in order to pay for that. Uh, radiologists, physical therapists, and there's a few others um, are scheduled to take a pretty big decrease in reimbursement in 2020. So that's our concern. Something we can't control, it's going to make it hard for providers to perhaps even take Medicare in the future. Um, and it's something that really is, is a tough one for us to have a little bit of a voice in. Yeah, and, and truthfully, if that happens, there's going to be issues with certain clinics may have to shut down if they see a lot of Medicare, you know, just because they're not going to be able to afford to keep the lights on, honestly. And uh, if, if certain clinics stop seeing Medicare patients, then those, those patients won't be able to see the, the provider that they prefer necessarily. So it's, it's not good for patients and it's not good for therapists. Um, and ultimately, if we can't have access to those, those people in our community, um, there, there could be big consequences to that. So, so what can we do to, to potentially help with that? Yeah, I think, I mean, specifically on that note, um, there is a, the American Physical Therapy Association has a, a patient action, action center. So you, just, you could just Google APTA patient action center, uh, and you can contact your legislator through there. It'll even tell you, you put in your information, it tells you who your congressman is. Um, and, and it's important to notice, note, Sam, that uh, this is a bipartisan effort. You know, I think it's political climate is challenging these days. Uh, last we knew there were more than 93 congressmen on, on both sides of the aisle that said, hey, uh, we don't want to de- create this burden for physical therapists and radiologists, et cetera, uh, that, as you said, can have such a big impact on their business, especially during this time. You know, uh, we're about, we're significantly below without our normal year would look like in terms of patients coming in for care for, for good reason with COVID. Um, and at least delaying this, we could have more conversation would be valuable. Yeah. Appreciate the insight there, Mike. Looks like we are just about out of time. So thanks for the conversation today. Um, looking forward to getting together next time. Um, we'll probably have a special, special guest on next time to be determined. Um, but check out our Facebook page, uh, Rock Valley Physical Therapy, or our website at rockvalleypg.com. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Sam. I've enjoyed the time with you. Always a pleasure.